Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that thought they just rebooted the Herbie franchise, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Howling. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he thinks it's cute when he tilts his head and says, huh? It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy. <laughs> Each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop, col- pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, man? <laughs> Hi, buddy. It's good to see you. It is good to see you as well. I'm in a goofy mood today, even more so than usual. Maybe it's just because I'm excited to talk about these movies. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Um, So you don't know what's put you in the goofy mood? No, maybe my vision's coming back. We could start off with that, I guess, real quick. Yeah. I had LASIK done. Um, How long ago did you have it done? I had it on Friday, which it's... uh, uh, Friday now, right? So a week. So, so a week, week, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I didn't have straight up LASIK. There's this alternate surgery called PRK. It's for people who have already had LASIK before, okay. which I have back in 2010. I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. I thought you already had LASIK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I got it when I was too young. My eyes weren't done developing yet. I guess so. Mm. My eyes did still regress even more after I had the surgery. So this time around, this one was a lot more uh, irritating. Mm. Uh, Like the recovery process is a lot more irritating and stuff, but the whole surgery is still like a minute an eye, which is wild to think of. That is crazy. That they can And it's totally outpatient, right? Like it's just basically wear sunglasses, do eye drops, that kind of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Now with like the regular LASIK, your vision is like perfect immediately. It feels mm-hmm. like it's it's crazy. This one you have to wait for your body to heal. So there's like a week to two week recovery period for your eyes to fully get their vision back. Mm. Like right now, my vision's not the best. So I was actually kind of worried going into this week because I'm like, <laughs> okay, we have two movies where CGI is supposed to be prominent in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully I can still appreciate them enough, which I do think I was able to. Hopefully I can see the screen. Well, yeah. uh, whatever the case, we're going to have some conversations uh, about yeah, we a couple are. movies. Uh, Blue Beetle, which is DC's new movie out this week, and Strays, which is a raunchy comedy Starring dogs uh, <laughs> and the voice of some comedians you might know. Um, so, yeah, no need dilly-dally. Let's get into it. Let's talk first a little bit about Blue Beetle. Everything right now feels so out of reach. You always land on your feet, bro. You're hymen. They don't get out much. <laughs> I just want to rap. Jenny? Guard that with your life, but do not open it. You went in to get a shops, and all you brought back was a hamburger? Okay, I don't think it's a burger. You haven't looked? What the hell is that? How did you get it to do that? I think he likes me. 
Recent college grad Jaime Reyes returns home full of aspirations for his future, only to find that home is not quite as he left it. As he searches to find purpose in the world, fate intervenes when Jaime unexpectedly finds himself in possession of an ancient relic of alien biotechnology, the Scarab. Uh, Andrew, I am curious... Mm -hmm. Uh, as we kind of go into this, this, of course, is DC's latest uh, entry into movies. How familiar were you with the Blue Beetle material as a DC guy before this movie? I never read Blue Beetle standalone comics. Now, Blue Beetle has been a member of the Teen Titans for a very long time. So I've, I am familiar with his character with the scarabs and like the whole history of them. But like, as far as like Jaime Reyes and like his family dynamic, not so much. Okay. All right. Good to know. Well, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. I'm going to go with straight up liked it. I do have plethora of issues with this movie, but there was <laughs> enough for me to say that I liked it. My plethora of issues is enough to bring me down to it's just okay. Um, I get it. I get it. Uh, maybe you could maybe squeeze me into the high side of just okay. There certainly is a lot of fun to be had here, but um, but yeah, Andrew, talk a little bit about the things you uh, you liked about this movie. This movie is a ride or die on whether or not you like the family dynamic. Because if you're not into into it for that, like if it's not if it's not jiving with you. You are not going to enjoy this movie. You're in trouble because I would say being a superhero movie is like tertiary, Mm -hmm. like as far as priorities, whenever we're talking about this movie, Uh, especially our main character. I don't even know if I can call him a main character, Jaime, but uh, Jaime Reyes played by, is it Zolo? Yeah, Zolo. Okay, yeah who I know from Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's great. I absolutely love the guy. Uh, I, I just want to see him in more stuff. He's a very charismatic, charming young man. Uh, I think he has a really good future ahead of him. And if Blue Beetle... I don't know if Blue Beetle is in James Gunn's DCU or not. Because I've heard it is, but then I've also heard say, people saying that Superman Legacy will be the first one. So... I well, don't know where I can this tell movie you this. lands. If it makes five hundred million dollars, it will be part of the new DCEU. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. It's probably that kind of thing, honestly, where well, yeah. let's wait and see before we call it. I don't think technically anyone has said that it is, uh that, that okay. knows what they're talking about. And yes, Superman Legacy has been talked about as the launch of the new uh expanded universe. So yeah. But if we're thinking about this from like comparing it to Marvel. It would be interesting to see if this would be like their Iron Man. Right. Because a lot of, you know, uh, comparisons can be made between Blue Beetle and Iron Man. Blue Beetle's basically if Venom and Iron Man had a baby. Mm-hmm. That's all That's all he is, you know. Um, it, I, I think that there's potential for this character in the future of the DCU. Yeah. But back to my pro for this movie, I did enjoy the family dynamic. I had a lot of fun with the Reyes family. Uh, great emotional moments. Uh, yeah, it, but if you don't buy into that, it's going to be a rough movie for you. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, and I, too, liked this uh, family unit. I thought George Lopez was really fun uh, mm-hmm. in this. Uh, Belisa Escobedo, also really, really fun. 
in this. Um, in and Zolo, Zolo is so good in this, I, and I've always mm-hmm. liked him in Cobra Kai, but I think he's he's got even more charisma and chops uh, than I than I even gave him credit for it, even though I loved him. Um, he, I think he can carry movies. I, I think he's really, really good in this. Uh, he is I, leading man character is charisma. Yes, I, I really believe that. I also really, really like uh, the Latino or Latinx uh, representation uh, in this movie. I think it's, you know, definitely you can tell that the director is very centered in this world um and that i think really helps the authenticity of how the family feels how they interact to uh each other all of those kind of things um so yeah i really liked all all of those things i also think the visuals in this movie are pretty cool um there's some pretty interesting things that happen visually there's almost a trying to think of the best way to say this there's almost like a uh late 70s early 80s vibe to both kind of the colors and also the music in this movie the score in this movie almost feels very blade runner-ish or stranger things like that kind mm, of like synthy. yeah that synthy vangelis you know kind of thing uh going on here and I, I i really dug it so i think there's a lot i think there's a lot to like here yeah absolutely what did you think uh so you said that you were okay with the family. You like the family dynamic. It mm-hmm. worked for you. Yeah. Okay. I most of my issues with this movie. I think this movie falls apart in the third act. I think this is the first two acts of this movie. I was really having a good time, having a lot of fun, enjoying the the sense of humor, um, in enjoying the performances, enjoying the fam- family dynamic. Um, but then towards the end of the movie, even the fi- fi- uh, family dynamic fell apart for me. I felt like the movie got full of its own goofiness a little bit too much. It got silly. It got really silly. And it just kind of pulled apart some of the things I I had in- enjoyed about it before then. Um, this doesn't make it terrible. It just means, you know, uh, it, it kind of lost me, you know, there towards the end. Yeah. And, of course, we have... Uh Abuelas who are, you know, able to carry 50 pound miniguns. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't going to be specific about some of those things, but yes, that was a, a very big one where I was like, oh, this, this feels like a different tone than the rest of the movie somehow. It yeah. feels like we're in a Sonic the Hedgehog movie all of a sudden or something. Like it's, it was, it just felt weird to me. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I don't have that many more positives to say. I don't want to jump yeah. into negatives right now. So unless you have something, no, I think I'll hand I it mentioned. I mentioned the positives that I think I wanted to mention. Um, it's not okay. all of them. I didn't specifically talk about the sense of the hum- sense of humor in this movie, which I think is really good. Again, for most of the movie, um, mm-hmm. I found myself smiling and laughing and having a good time. Um, and I, I really feel like it is one of those movies you can go and just enjoy it you don't you don't have to it doesn't have to be earth shattering um you know to have a good time with it so yeah it's a lot of fun yeah it's interesting because for a lot of these type of movies and i'm talking about superhero movies in particular we get this dynamic in them where you focus so heavily on our main character that everybody else our supporting cast just kind of feels like left at the wayside where here we finally see the opposite end of the spectrum where I think that this movie forgets that it's supposed to be about Jaime. And, okay, I'm going to give you a little quiz here. Do you remember the suit's name? 
The suit? No, they mentioned it like twice, and I, my my brain did not register it enough to remember it. Yeah, it's Kajida, but yes. I, the point I'm trying to make is there was such an amazing opportunity to have this kind of relationship blossom between Kajida, the Blue Beetle suit, and Jaime, but I didn't get any chemistry like between them at all and the main element in this entire universe for the blue beetle is that the scarab has to choose somebody so you would assume by that logic that they would have good chemistry you know but it just seemed like two people talking at each other as opposed to two people talking to each other well i'll i'll go even further uh i think my one of my main negatives in this movie is related to that in that I don't, as somebody who's not familiar with the source material, I mm-hmm. don't think this movie is interested at all in the mythology of the source material. We, the, I came away with so many questions I would have been interested to explore that the movie doesn't even hint at. Like, the, the movie, I'll just give you a couple examples. The movie yeah. hints at the idea that the, the Blue Beetle picks someone. We never go into why, we never go into how that works, we never go into, like, any kind of exploration of that, just, oh, it picked him. You know what I mean? Like there's there and, and we don't go into the history of this thing. We just know it's called the Scarab and they found it. Like there's so little world building that happens in this origin <laughs> story that I was just like I didn't know how to care about like the actual superpowers and where they came from or whatever. I was lost. If I if I gave you a 15 second reel on the history of like scarabs and stuff, you'd be so mad that it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I believe that with all yeah. of my heart because I felt that way coming out of the movie. Like it just seems like there has to be I mean it's in it's in a comic book, man. There has to be yeah. people who have thought about this and written about this and and it's something I've loved about my favorite superhero movies as we've been through like this massive superhero invasion of cinema. Is, you know, when you look at Iron Man or Captain America, they do a really good job of helping you understand the mythology of the things that you're dealing with. Now, I guess with Iron Man, yeah. you're just dealing with a smart guy who, who knows how to make stuff. But, like, there's this real understanding of, you know, how things work. Um, and they understand that the world building and the mythology is just as important as the, you know, the transformations and the punching. So, Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, to build off of that Iron Man analogy, another thing is that, uh, no, never mind, I I don't want to keep harping on the fact that I don't think that Jaime is prevalent enough in this movie. I can move on to another thing to gripe about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, Um, what's your next thing? What's your next negative? I can't believe I am making the same negative two weeks in a row for this and the Meg 2. I am tired of Evil Corp being Evil Corp. Like it's, I honestly genuinely so bad in this movie. (laughs) I genuinely think out of every single superhero movie I've seen, this might be the most basic, unique villain ever. Like of any superhero movie, it's really bad. Yeah, and they're trying to—they're trying to do something with the—I even forget the character's name, but the. The they call call them like Omex or something or the oh the oh Carapax yeah Carapax the you know they try to do something with Carapax and I get the emotional beat they're going for with that but it's so <laughs> telegraphed so it's so telegraphed that I just like it didn't hit me in any big way and also 
the evil is so over the top. Susan Sarandon's performance is so what's put on screen <laughs> is so over the top in in bad and again there are many reasons an actor's performance can be the way it is from editing to direction all those things impact an actor's <laughs> performance so i'm not putting it all on sarandon but it just i did not like it at all <laughs> oh man i'm just remembering some of the lines she said it's so bad <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> actually uh the guy who played carapax I, I was like, the entire movie, I'm like, I've seen that guy somewhere. I know I know him from somewhere. He's the the bad, evil dad in Apocalypto. Oh. And I was like, I know I, I, know I knew him from somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, everything with him is very telegraphed and just boring. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to think of a better word than boring, but I don't think it deserves a better <laughs> word than that. <laughs> The third act is just it doesn't boring. Deserve my vocabulary investment uh, to figure out a better way to describe it. And a lot of people are going to be listening to this, and they're going to be like, "Andrew, why did you like this movie if you're just mm-hmm. bashing?" Honestly, the family dynamic in this is really good. Yeah, Zola's there's that good. There's an, the family's that good. Like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. But I would say that if this is the intro to the DCU now, James Gunn's. It's not Iron Man. They're not going to capture lightning in a bottle and do that miracle again, you know? Right. But have some confidence in these characters. Work on your writing. Build mm-hmm. the mythology of the yep. characters. Because, yeah, like I was I was joking earlier, the, the Scarabs, they're from a race called the Reach. And they're like the main enemies of the Green Lantern Corps. Oh, the scarabs and the green lance. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Not even mentioned once in this at all. Yeah, I mean, I but, don't know uh, how you'd mention the Green Lantern part of it, but you could at least, I don't know, you could I, at least had something that in the in the something. secret layer or something just that, that, you know, hinted that there's something deeper here, that there's, you know, I don't know. It was just it just felt very shallow. Yeah. Adding to that shallowness yeah. for me is another negative, which is, and I mentioned yeah. my third act problems in this movie. This movie ends like every other superhero movie in the history of superhero movies. It's just a bunch of, oh, yeah. you know, people, it's just a bunch of super punches. I am How so, hard can I punch you? That's literally what I was about to say, super I'm, punches. I'm so tired of super punches. I'm so tired of them. Like, cool, you punch somebody and they went through three walls. Kind of seen it a million times by now. Like, it's... I just do something else. Stop with the super punches. Just stop. It's a suit that can build whatever you imagine. Yes. And you thought punching would be the cool thing. Well, and and it's a suit that comes with very prominent, interesting architecture. There are these two uh, claws or legs or an- antenna or feelers oh, or whatever. On yeah, his- or whatever. They're always over his shoulder. They're prominent. They're clear. And there's one, unless I missed one or two, there's one moment in this movie where they're used in an interesting way. And yeah. it's just <clears throat> it's so frustrating. It's like, you know, take what's interesting and unique about your character and lean into that. And I'm telling you, punching someone is not interesting or unique. I do. I just thought of <coughs> another pro for this movie. They got probably as close as I've seen other than Deadpool to being like comically accurately looking like the person. 
Like, mm. that was a straight up, out of the comics, looks exactly like Blue Beetle. Oh, so, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes uh, I mean, they take liberties, you know, because costuming on real people. But sure. no, I think they did a bang up job with that cool. costume design. Cool. Uh, what else, Andrew? Anything else you want to talk about with uh, Blue Beetle? There are two post-credit scenes, one mid and one post-credit scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can stay for one if you're a DC fan. The other one, if you're if you grew up in Latin America and you used to watch that te- that kid <laughs> show, maybe yeah, it's worth yeah. staying around for. But I have no reference for it. So the the mid-credit scene is is it's just sequel baiting, right? Like I mean, it's oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's not like. It, even even post credit scenes nowadays are just meh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't really have much else to say about it either. I guess maybe I will say here's my final thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Damien Alcazar, who plays the father, is I think the most grounded and authentic character in the movie, and I, I love love. Love, love, love the moments he has with with uh, Zolo, uh, with Blue Beetle. Um, what's the character's name other than Blue Beetle? Jaime. Jaime, that's right. Yeah. So I love their uh, relationship. I love what the movie does with that character. And it's part of what's frustrating when the movie gets really silly is it feels like it's just it's a different movie than that. It doesn't like... It almost undermines the depth of what I was feeling with some of that stuff uh, earlier. So, um, but yeah. I really like <laughs> like what they do. The, c- <laughs> the scene where his dad and Jaime are sitting on those uh, fold-out chairs and they're mm-hmm. talking about you know uh, the city and like where they live in Paradise East, yeah. and then uh, you tell me that that's in the same scene where. Abuela's holding the mini, the alien minigun, and it's like that's this not the same movie. Yeah, it's tonally, it's tonally kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So a really interesting recommend from the two of us, I think, because we definitely have a lot about it that we don't like, but I think both of us would say it's it's enough fun to go uh, take a look at. I was entertained. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. so. Um, you know, when you break it down, sometimes there's just negatives that don't hit you right, but you still come away going, you know what? I had a good time. And I think this is one of those, <laughs> one of those weird uh, examples of that. So that is blue yep. beetle. Uh, all right, let's move into our next, uh, film. Let's talk about strays. Hi there. Uh, big dogs. I'm trying to get home. I know which way that is. Oh, great. Right up my ass. You little Oh, no, that can't be right. This is Will Ferrell. I'm lost. You're a stray man. You can do anything you want. This beer doesn't taste good, but I like how it's making me feel. This is Jamie Foxx. I recently this couch. Best sex of my life. Wow. And she's dirty, too. Oh, well, I, I can tell. Looks like she hasn't been washed in years. I'll see you later, baby. It was nice to meet you. When Reggie is abandoned on the mean uh, city streets by his low-life owner, Doug, Reggie is certain that his beloved owner would never leave him on purpose. But once Reggie falls in with a fast-talking, foul-mouthed stray who loves his freedom and believes that owners are for suckers, Reggie finally realizes he was in a toxic relationship and begins to see Doug for the heartless sleazeball that he is. Uh, Strays. Comes to us from the same writer, I believe, as uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. As um, director Josh Greenbaum. Director, same director. Thank you. Um, and stars several voices uh, that you may know 
but not necessarily uh, actors, although Will Forte is showing up as a human being uh, in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got Will Ferrell, you've got Jamie Foxx, um, whose character name, by the way, because it will become Bug. relevant later, Bug, um, and uh, several others uh, that you may know as well. Andrew, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Low side of okay. Low side of okay. Um, yeah, that feels about right. That feels about right. I, I don't think I want to say I didn't like it. I think there's enough humor here that works that I'm in the okay, but just barely. Yeah, low side of okay. Yeah. Is where I, I think I too. just have to be in a mood for this type of movie, and I don't know if I was in a, a mood for a raunchcom like yeah. this. Well, here's the thing. I like it when a raunchcom is more than a raunchcom. I like it when it can be clever and interesting. And this movie does a few things, a couple things that I found clever or interesting. But for the most part, your enjoyment of this film will come down to how long it takes you before you're bored by dog swearing. That's basically yeah. <laughs> That's what it comes to. That's 100% <laughs> it. That's 100% it. So, like, because for me, that comes fairly quickly. I'm just like, okay, haha, dog said the F word, get it, you know? And it's it's not like that's the only word they say, but it's the same. But that is the same joke. Every time a dog does something raunchy or says, you know, a, a bad word or, or indicates a bad thing, it's just, it's the same joke over and over again. Oh, look at these puppy dogs, you know, being raunchy. Um, so yeah, if you get tired of that, then you're kind of tired of this movie because anything else is kind of few and far between. It does happen, but it's kind of few and far between. But when it does happen, oh, it hits. <laughs> it does. It, it really hits. does. There's a celebrity cameo in this that makes no sense whatsoever. And it's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it is a one-two punch of celebrity cameos that are intentionally from a dog's purpose, right? Like, there. Have you ever seen a dog's purpose? Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's you just blew my mind, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. So yes, there are two celebrity cameos that happen, and both were hilarious to me. Both have for how they're used in the movie, and also because of the movie A Dog's Purpose. Um, so, which is which is being uh, lambasted in this movie. So, yeah, so that worked for me as well. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, what else? What else do you want to uh, talk about on the on any side? Just your feelings. I on the movie. think, believe it or not, this movie has a little bit of heart. I think oh, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, whenever you actually talk, look at the story arc of like a dog showing unconditional love to an owner that doesn't deserve the dog, you know, mm -hmm. it and to talk about like from the dog's point of view, like, yeah, he's he's just playing with me. He's just taking me to leave. It's mm -hmm. heartbreaking. And then you see the reality that the other dogs are living in the strays on the street, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, the. Uh, the lack of empathy that's shown is really, really uh, upsetting. And But I think that it's still balanced well enough with the comedy. I think that the movie knows when to be funny and it knows when to not be funny. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'll give it props for that. It definitely has a heart. 
I, I totally agree. In fact, it's probably my favorite thing about the movie uh, for a movie that I almost didn't like uh, that I'm saying is okay. Uh, is is that it it not only has heart, it understands how to use the those feelings that it, that it wants to. Now it is nowhere near as moving as this. But this movie has a Toy Story 2 kind of feel to it. You know, there's literally a a scene that could have been the when she loved me scene, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think the movie understands how to place those moments so that they don't get lost in the tone of the rest of the movie. And I think that takes a lot of skill uh, in the writing. So, uh, so, yeah, I would give props to the movie for that as well. Yeah. I'm watching the trailer right now, and I just had an Aaron moment where I got mad at a trailer for showing something funny. <laughs> Welcome to my world. They showed that cameo. Oh, do it's in the, the trailer is in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I'm go. mad. <laughs> I get it, Aaron. I finally get it. I finally get right. it. I'm getting. I'm getting out the zero frames pledge. He's going to take the pledge, everybody. <laughs> it only took the movie strays. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um. Uh. So. The negatives are also hard to kind of pull out here because it really does come down to that the humor of this movie is all centered around the same kind of joke for the most part. And, you know, it's uh, other than that, there are a few, you know, minor things I could talk about. But, Andrew, what are some of the things that, you know, you kind of didn't like about this one? The just you hit on it earlier, the repetition of the jokes, it gets stale. Mm -hmm. Um, I. I there was a time in my life when this would have been the funniest movie ever, mm -hmm. you know. But maybe I don't want to say I've matured because I'm definitely haven't matured. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would just say that my sense of humor has changed to where mm -hmm. this is still funny. Don't get me wrong, it's funny. But whenever I think of comedies now, I think of stuff like Hot Fuzz or. Mm -hmm. uh, Tropic Thunder, where if it's going to have some raunch to it, it's smart. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing there, there's nothing clever about this movie. I, I don't think there think. are a couple things, but they come they come so um, there's a there's a uh, drug trip scene in this that I thought I hadn't really seen much like that before, <laughs> and true, uh, and I thought that was funny. And so there there are a couple moments where it does that, but like. Some of the best examples of a movie Which like this... Which is in this, the trailer, by the way. Is it? Of course it is. Uh, yeah. Some of the best examples of movies like this, they're like that through the whole movie. And this just isn't. I think of... It would be very easy for a movie like um, Team America, where the, joke could yeah. just, where the joke could just be, oh my goodness, puppets. You know, puppets are swearing. Puppets are having you know sex, or whatever the case may be. But that movie is the the humor is not just based there. It is consistently clever in a way that that works and elevates above just that simple foundation. And I don't know that this movie really elevates above it very long uh, in very many ways. So also apparently, just having gangster rap playing while dogs do something adorable <laughs> is funny. Yeah, I didn't quite I didn't quite get that. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mid-credit scene, you don't need to stay for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably oh, not. I will say this movie did a good job making me not like Will Forte, which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, they went all out in the unlikability category with Forte. Yeah, seriously, he's like a Stephen King villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Just bad. nothing redeemable. That's bad. 
It's bad. Um, yeah, I think overall my recommendation is uh, not sit or stay. Um, it is it is go fetch uh, <laughs> for this one. Um, do you think? Do you encourage? You want? Do you think people should see this? I mean, if it's on. If it's on and you like this type of, you know, I know it's not Seth Rogen, but it has Seth Rogen humor to it or mm. Will Ferrell, you know. Uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, then yeah, you, you probably have a good time with it, but uh, just make sure you know what you're getting into. Right, right. Well, there you go. That is Strays. Uh, that is in theaters. Blue Beetle also in theaters. Before we get into our best ever challenge for the week, uh, I want to say thank you to our Sif Pop members. Uh, that happens at Patreon, and you can go to patreon.com slash Pop to check that out. Uh, lots of fun stuff there, including bonus episodes that are available just for you in your own podcast feed. Uh, as well as some other fun perks that you can check out uh, at the different levels. So that is patreon.com slash sifpop. And thank you to all those who have checked it out and to those who support what goes on here and for the website. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. All right, on to the best ever challenge, Mr. Ormsby. Um, I mentioned that one of the main dogs was named Bug, and we got Blue Beetles. So we are doing best ever bug movies. Um, so movies prominently featuring bugs. Very similar to a best ever challenge we had a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. where bugs were in the title. But yes. nope, this is different. This is a little bit different. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, probably one you could uh, stretch kind of the category a little bit if you wanted to. Um but uh yeah it's that word features mm-hmm, <laughs> that right. word feature can mean so many different things it really can it really can and the gurus took full advantage of that let oh, me tell did you did they did they yes they well, sure we, did we will get there uh if andrew has it higher than me or i have it higher than him when it's mentioned we will trump! we will trump it and talk about it to with whoever has it the highest um i will kick us off andrew and i'm willing for you to tell me this one doesn't count and I'll put a different one here if you want me to because is it saving private Ryan <laughs> it is 
no, it is the mist. Uh, I have the mist at number five. I'd count that. Yeah, count I think that. I think those creatures look like bugs to me. The way they oh, hundred percent. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. So uh, the mist is my number five. Ooh, I just ooh, I just thought of those spiders and they gave me the shivers. <laughs> uh, the mist is really good. Not just the ending. It not is. just the shocking ending. The movie itself is really good. Um, so yeah, I enjoy the mist. Yeah, it's a it's a great commentary on the downfall of you know all sensibility in the mm-hmm. in the spotlight of fear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what okay. do you got at number five? Oh, we'll we'll trump it, but we'll just go ahead and do Bugs Life. Hmm. Trump. Yep. Trumped that with a mouthful of water. That's talent right I there. Know. <laughs> Skills. Uh, uh, all right, my number four is Starship Troopers. Um, oh good pick yeah i this is a great satire and uh the way that it talks about i this is verhoven right yeah i think this is as good as robocop i i like the the way that it it feels over the top and weird and silly but it's really saying something he's just he's really good at that and uh starship troopers is uh maybe this and that and RoboCop are my two favorite Verhovens, I think. Um, so yeah, it's good stuff. I'm giving you the grace on this movie because constantly throughout the movie they refer to them as bugs. They do instead they do. of aliens. They yes. call them bugs. So you yes. get grace. Thank you. And Thank anytime, you. anytime somebody wants to talk about Starship Troopers, I'm not going to say no. All right, there you go. Uh, what is your yeah. number four? The Mummy. Mm, yes, I th- I can see that. Lots of bugs in the, the mummy, scarabs, including the scarabs, plus the plagues that came back too. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I rewatched this a couple. We're talking weeks Brendan ago. Fraser, right? Not Tom Cruise. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not the Tom Cruise. One. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. Man, this is a fun movie. Mm-hmm. This was a good blo- summer blockbuster. I remember when this came out, it scared the crap out of me, especially the scarabs. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. But- there was a ride at Universal. It may still be there, like uh, the like it's the Mummy Dragon's Tomb or whatever, and it's freaky, man. Like they they did a really good job setting up that world. I gotta go to more theme parks. Yeah, yeah, you do. That's the main thing is you just really need to get to more more theme parks. It's it's something yeah. we all should do. Get scared of bugs in real life. <laughs> yeah, your number four. Uh, my number three. Uh, since I went first. Oh, um, oh that's right. My number three is A Bug's Life. I have Bug's Life at number three. Uh, You had it at number five. Um, Often forgotten just because it's between two Toy Stories. It went Toy Story, Bug's Life, Toy Story. And uh, and sometimes, and also because it it came out the same time as Ants and it kind of became Ants or Bug's Life. And, uh, but man, Bug's Life is really, really good. Dave Foley is so perfect for that part. Um, Yeah, I have a really good time with this movie. I just, it just hit me all of a sudden. I've known forever that it's the second Pixar movie, mm-hmm. but the, the level of quality from Toy Story to Bugs Life is astounding because yeah, Toy Story is a proof of concept. Yeah. Yeah. They climbed, the technology jumped pretty quickly for them. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. It is. What's your number three? Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Had it my honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. What a. What a brilliant, brilliant movie. And what a unique way of telling this story. We've all heard a, th- a thousand times by this point. And to hit, for him to make it, it his own 
and for it to be as beautiful as it is, hats off. Yep. Um, I had it in my honorable mentions. I agree. Um, and Jiminy when, Cricket, by the way. Yes, thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, yeah. I almost felt would felt weird about using Guillermo del Toro's because Jiminy Cricket is so different uh, in that movie than he is uh, in the others. Um, but uh, but yeah, it definitely works. Um, so yeah, still a good bug. Choice. Good choice. Very artistic yeah. uh, movie. Very very cool. Yes. Uh, number twos. Number twos. Uh, for my number two, I'm going with Men in Black. Uh, for number two, we don't um, like bugs, Ed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there's cockroach in an Edgar suit. Uh, for yeah. uh, a lot of that. <laughs> lot Vincent D'Onofrio is so good in that movie. He's so good. He's so good. Will Smith is so good in that movie. Tommy Lee Jones mm-hmm. is so good in that movie. Is it possible Men in Black is underrated? Is it possible? I I, I think this movie is fantastic. It is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm just doing some mental math in my head because I think a lot. I think enough people love it. Okay, but I don't think that they appreciate it for how good it is. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I love that movie. But if they were to sit down and think about how good it actually is, like the it's acting, so the good. writing, the visual effects. No, it's a it's a surprisingly impressive movie. Yeah. Well, that has been in black. That is my number two. Uh, what's nice. your number two? I'm going to go with Silence of the Lambs, the Death's Head Moth. That oh, okay. Is sure. Throughout the entire thing. Sure. And spoilers for a movie that came out in 1994. Uh, the Death's Head Moth is how she finds out who Buffalo Bill really is. So it's very informed movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, important to the movie. Now, I know this movie won like all the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and I'm not asking you this as a pacifist, I'm just asking you as a, as a film critic. <laughs> Thank you. Do you think that the the violence and the darkness holds this movie back? Or is it the point? It's very Fincher in that way, right? Where like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of the point and you just take the movie on its own terms. Um I don't I don't think it holds the movie back. Okay. I don't. Because it's one of those movies. Where I'm like, it is in my top 50 of all time. I absolutely love this movie. Uh, let me see. How many Oscars did it win? Five Oscars. Wow. And it's yeah. number 23 on IMDb's top 250. But it's still a movie that just by its uh, subject matter, I find difficult recommending to people. Oh, yeah. I totally understand have, that. You just have to know that what you're getting into is rough. Right, you know, and that's the same for Zodiac, and um, certainly Seven yeah. uh, is is similar too. Like they're just they're so dark, but it's kind of the point uh, of those films. But none of those movies won Best Picture. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> but maybe they should have. Maybe they should have. That would be an interesting conversation to have. But that's my number two. All right, so on to our lambs. number ones then. Uh, my. Best ever number one movie featuring a bug is yep Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, that is my number one. Um, it's not, but I'll tell you what your number one is. In a bit. <laughs> okay, yes, fin- Kubo and the Two Strings is so freaking good. It was my yeah. first honorable mention. Yeah, and that's of course Matthew McConaughey uh, playing Beetle uh, in this movie, and yep. uh, and looks like a beetle as well. Uh, yeah, I recently rewatched Kubo, and man, this is one of those movies that gets better 
uh, with age. It just, it's so, so good. Um, I love everything about it. So if you haven't seen Kubo and the Two Strings, highly recommend it. I, if you remember, did not appreciate this movie the first time I saw it. Mm, I didn't remember that. Yep. Uh, it just wasn't for me at the time, but on multiple viewings, I realized I was a fool. It is <laughs> that a great, great movie. It is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, what is my number one that I forgot? Return of the King, Shelob. Hmm. Yeah. Are you, I actually thought of like Lord of the Rings and I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if the bugs, but I didn't think of Shelob. So it's, you know, possible if I had thought of the big old spider that I might have uh, gone yeah. with that. So, yeah. And I think that you and I, whenever we were making this list, mine were more featuring, like, had a special part where yours, I think, the entire premise was based around. So our, that's sure. why I think our, our lists are a little bit different. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, yeah. You want to talk any more about it? We've talked so much about Lord no. of the Rings over years. Let's talk about some honorable mentions. Uh, tell us about it. the uh, the gurus at sifpop.com. Where did they <laughs> land on this? So the gurus put in Mulan, which is respectable. Okay. You know, they had the, the yeah. lucky cricket. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it stretches into the spider a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. They put into the Spider-Verse. I Which, actually in my honorable mentions have Spider-Man. Um but okay. only the only the ones that actually feature the spiders. Like so I don't remember if in Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, that features the spider. I think Into the Spider-Verse could count. I think yeah. that's fine. And then uh Return of the King, but the one that they really were adamant about getting in was Jurassic Park. Because Jurassic every Park. single because everywhere Hammond goes, he has that cane with the mosquito <laughs> in it and the mosquitoes are what I will enabled Hammond to build Jurassic Park. Yeah, I accept. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's totally. Like acceptable. I said, man, they were <laughs> they were sure that if we were going to count some of these, then we were going to count Jurassic Park. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, features some mm, the uh, ant fun ants. Uh, the fly have to mention the fly with Jeff Goldblum. We um, I've never seen it. Uh, Eight Legged Freaks is a really fun movie. <laughs> Uh, Scarlett Johansson's first role. And I mentioned Spider-Man as well. What Did you have any other honorable mentions? Nope, we got them all. All right, there you go. All right, before we end this thing, let's do some buried treasure. Andrew, what's that one area, uh, one thing in any area of pop culture that you want people to know about? <laughs> uh, what area? The East area of Yes, pop what area of pop really. culture would you like people to know yeah. about? Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's been very difficult this last week. Because I haven't been able to see, so I haven't been able to see anything. <laughs> That's right. So, so I'm going to talk what about I food. Have, yeah. No, I put down a movie that I just I plan on rewatching whenever I get my okay. vision back all the way. The Gentleman, Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. I this movie is growing on me. Like the more I've watched it, the more it's it's going up my my Guy Ritchie tier list here. It's not like Snatch, but it's. It's it's climbing the ranks for sure. It's a fun movie. I think McConaughey's great. I love love Colin Farrell in this. Mm-hmm. I just love Colin Farrell in general. Yeah, the guy just can't can do no wrong. Yep. Um, so. I remember really enjoying uh, the gentleman. I don't remember loving it necessarily, but I remember having a good time with it. Um, so maybe I owe it a rewatch. But uh, the gentleman—it was on the rewatches that I really started appreciating it. So yeah. I, I yeah. would recommend that. 
Uh, I, what you got? I think uh, the gentleman is streaming on Prime right now, if I'm reading this correctly. So mm, uh, if you want to check it out and you have Prime, I believe it is streaming there. Uh, I wanted to talk about something a little different in The Buried Treasure this week. Uh, I recently had a chance to attend a disc golf tournament in person. Um, and it was uh, one of the the big disc golf tournaments. It was in Kentucky, just south of Cincinnati, a tournament called Idlewild. Um, and man, I, sports is part of pop culture, right? Like, and especially disc Absolutely. golf, where like there's some really great disc golf channels. I think I've even used Jomez Pro as a buried treasure before. Uh, as oh, a way that, to watch. that miracle hole in one throw. There's that as well. Yes. Um, so, and I saw that guy, saw that guy in person this week. Uh, and that's or, so cool. Yeah. It was really, really neat. And I highly, highly encourage you if you're interested in disc golf and one of the tournaments comes near you, um, the, the, it's not that expensive. It was like 15, 20 bucks to get a general admission day pass. Uh, for the whole weekend, I think it's like 50 bucks for a general admission. You can also do VIP passes, which are more like, I think, 120 for the weekend or like 40 for the day or 50 for the day. But the VIP passes are nice because they allow you to follow along like with some of your players. Mm. So you can walk behind them. They'll have like people uh, working in the course that kind of tell you where you can stand so that you're not bothering them or whatever. Um, but, uh, but it was, it was really cool. I had a great time, got to see some of my favorite players, uh, got to see one of my favorite players throw in a birdie from 175 feet. It was amazing. Um, and, uh, had just an absolute blast. So if there is a a professional disc golf uh, tournament near you, um, you may want to check to see if it's an elite series, the elite series tournaments, there's like 15 of them over the summer. Uh, those are the ones that all the big names will be at. They're the, the main tour. There's also silver series tournaments where some of the people will be at, um, and then there are the majors, uh, like the world championships and the European championships and those kind of things. Um, it's really impressive, man. It's really impressive to watch these guys play and see what they can do with a disc. Uh, so I had a great time and I wanted to let people know about that. So that Idle Wild uh, tournament is in Kentucky, but these uh, elite series events happens all, all over the country. So wherever you're at, uh, you may want to look and see what ones come near you. So. There you go. You got a nice field not too far from your house. Yeah, there's well, I used to. Um there's uh the disc golf um course here in town uh, has been yeah. uh taken down in favor of expanding the water park. So they there are yeah. there are signs that say to our disc golfers we just want you to know stage two of this project is to build you an even better disc golf course next year. So hopefully 2020 summer, 2024, there'll be okay. a, a, an even better disc golf uh, course out there. And I think Do you play Aaron or well, I play all the time. Um, I play all summer. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll usually go out one time on the weekend, either to the course here or there's a course in a nearby town as well that I really like to play. I don't um, know that. But they took. It's interesting. They took some of the dirt that they've been digging out for the new Lazy River or whatever, and they've created this giant hill outside of the water park area. And I think mm-hmm. they're designing some like disc golf territory, like uh, um, oh. terrain 
with that dirt that they're pulling out of the uh, the ground. So that's I think they're thinking ahead. I think it'll be nice, but it, it may be another year before uh, that is that is seen. So we'll find out. Well, very cool. Yeah, so that is uh, Disc Golf, which you can, again, find online. Uh, Jomez Pro is a good place to start to see if you're interested. They have great videos there. That's on YouTube. And then The Gentleman, which is available to stream uh, on Prime. Well, we did it, Andrew. Yeah, we did. We did a zippy little sift pop, a, 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 a sift zip, uh, as it were. That's uh, my celebration alarm that we... Uh... <laughs> We finished the podcast. Uh, no, we we started an hour early from what we normally do, so that's my po- or alarm telling me to get ready for the show. Well, get ready for the show, Andrew. Don't forget, you've yeah. got a show. You've got a show to record. Uh, well, congratulations. You can pay no attention to that alarm. Uh, we managed to do a <laughs> podcast already. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make this show a possibility. Support starts at three bucks a month. Uh, and you can find out all about that at patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, also, a lot of ways that you can help us out when you where you listen. Uh, leave a comment, a rating, or a review, whether that's at Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also email us if you have a question or comment at feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than holding a human down with your front two paws, even if you're a big dog. We will be back next week. No, three weeks. Sorry. We're taking a couple uh, couple weeks off. So we'll be back in three weeks with the summer sum game results. So John Paula and Alice should be back with us uh, to check in and see how things have gone. We may uh, invite ChatGPT on as a guest as well uh, so that they can uh, take credit for their amazing work uh, over the summer too. So So proud. (laughs) We'll see you in three weeks, guys. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.